It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. Today we are broadcasting live in front of a studio audience at Missouri Science and Technology. Otherwise known as Missouri S&T. And we are here with our first guest, uh, Tucci. Yeah, Scott Tucci. Scott Tucci. I can't call you Tucci, can I? You can. I can? Yeah. Okay, I'll just call you Scott. All right. Uh, And you are a member of the IFC, the Interfraternity Council here at uh, Missouri Science and Technology. What is your fraternity? Uh, Sigma Phi Epsilon. Sigma Phi Epsilon! Okay, now I heard about your uh, charity, the IFCs, so I'm assuming it involves uh, pretty much the entire campus, all the fraternities to benefit St. Jude. What is this uh, charity that you guys do? Uh, the charity is a up till dawn charity uh, where everyone gets together in the Greek community to uh, stay up all night to support uh, cancer awareness. And during this up all night, up till dawn, uh, I'm assuming, you know, being the good college kids that you are, you don't normally stay up all night, right? <laughs> you bunch of liars. So on this night when you're up all night, uh, what kind of activities are you doing? Uh, well, last year it was paired with Greek Sing, so every uh, fraternity and sorority had a band that played, and then there was three uh, informational speakers that also uh, performed. And is the uh, the charity St. Jude's, do they have a representative there, and do they sing too? Uh, no, or St. Jude did nothing. They just take the money. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> so how much money was raised? 20, $22,000? $22, $22,000. <laughs> wow. Very, very impressive. Twenty-two grand uh, raised with the up all night, up till dawn. Mm-hmm. Yep. With uh, Missouri uh, Science and Technology. More information. Is there a Facebook page or the website online? Uh, yeah, there's an IFC Facebook page that has more information on it. Do you know what that is? Uh, MSTIFC. MSTIFC. That's what you search on Facebook. Yes. MSTIFC to learn about the twenty-two grand that Missouri Science and Technology uh, gathered for St. Jude's Hospital, huh? Correct. All right, let's have a round of applause for all of you. The Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. And we welcome you back, and we thank you for joining us on The Adam Ritz Show. And I am very pleased to introduce our next guest is Hunter Smith. Hello, Hunter Smith. Hello, how are you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing very well. Hunter Smith, you're a hard guy to introduce because um, there's a lot of things going on in your life. I guess we should uh, first off, right off the bat, say you're an NFL veteran. Uh, you played with the uh, Washington Redskins and the Indianapolis Colts maybe a decade in the league? Twelve years, yeah. Twelve years? Yeah, ten of those with the Colts, two of them with the Redskins. As a punter, and um, I don't know if it was in high school or when the nickname Hunter the Punter stuck, but that was an obvious one. Yeah, it was in college. I went to Notre Dame for uh, college, and the first time I jogged out on the field, 
for a, a game. The, the commentator acted as though he had been waiting all offseason <laughs> to say this. <laughs> Here comes Hunter the punter, and it kind of stuck. And everybody, 80,000 people cheer. You roll your eyes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> been hearing it since I was seven. Yeah. Well, since you brought up Notre Dame, uh, a little tidbit about Hunter Smith. You were a high school quarterback, is that correct? And you were recruited uh, all over the country as a quarterback. That's right. That's right. Went to Notre Dame actually to play receiver and quarterback, and they needed a punter that first year. And I told them I would uh, I would fill in if they needed me to. I never thought for a second that it would be a full time gig, uh, really, until I was drafted into the NFL, and uh, I did get to be Peyton Manning's third quarterback uh, for most of my career here in Indianapolis. So that was a good uh, that was a good way to uh, scratch that quarterback itch, but. As you probably noticed, I didn't get to play a whole lot. <laughs> I'm a little shocked that you at Notre Dame were just it was that you said that like it was a throwaway thought, like you they needed some punters. Yeah, I guess I'll try it. Did you not do that in high school? No, I did. I was an you all did. I okay. was an all state punter in Texas. Okay. It just was not right. it, it just was not what I thought I would do. And uh there was a, a time actually there in my freshman sophomore year somewhere around there where Lou Holtz he was he was my coach he pulled me into his office and he was like how are you doing and I said well I'm I'm really disgruntled that I'm punting only I want to play something else and he said son one of these days you're going to play for 10 years in the NFL and I'm not going to be the coach who gets you injured playing some other position and robs you of that opportunity and lo and behold I didn't play 10 I played 12. I'll be darned I'll be darned. Hunter Smith, Hunter the punter, joining us uh, from Notre Dame to the NFL and beyond. Uh, and we bring you on the show to talk about your new book. We have it right here. It's called The Jersey Effect. And I guess uh, we can just start with the title. What is The Jersey Effect? Well, there are two Jersey Effects. We hope that people come and uh, through reading the book and, and, and taking in the message that they're able to go and use their jersey to make a positive effect on the world. Um, but unfortunately, uh, a large portion of the content of the book deals with the negative effect that the jersey is having on people and the lack of priority we have in our culture towards sports and how that is tearing apart uh, really people. So it's a twofold. It's kind of a play on words. The jersey effect, how it affects the person wearing the jersey, yeah. the pro athlete, um, for the rest of his life, his or her life, and then also the effect that that jersey on the athlete can have on his right. his or her community. So um, I, I guess we talk a lot about the platform people are given. If you are a professional sure. athlete, you're given a national, maybe an international platform to do good beyond your sport. Uh, and I guess that's somewhat uh, some of the examples in the book. It is, and there there are a lot of them. When I was uh, a young boy, I went to a a camp in Texas, and I heard a guy speak, and he was an ex NFL player. And I remember listening to him, watching the the power of his words and his platform and his stature and position on the kids. And I remember thinking, that's what I want to do, and uh, I set out to do it, and have done it uh, to a degree, but also I've seen the pitfalls in my life where I've let the jersey affect me negatively and rob me of that um, of that position, of that platform. And really the jersey effect is my way of, of making a comeback and saying, no, 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 we're going to do this right this time and we're going to preemptively reach into the culture and hopefully change the future jersey effects of a lot of other athletes. So how long has the book been out? What's the, um, the feedback? The, uh, I guess, uh, how are people reacting to it? 
it's been pretty overwhelming. It's been, we self-published it, and it's been out for three months, and uh, it's really it's it's far exceeded our expectations. Uh, it really has, and and the great thing about it, one of the statistics in the book that you, that you read is that seventy eight percent of NFL football players are divorced and or bankrupt within two years of retirement. And one of the great things about the book is I don't believe it addresses just NFL players or college players or athletes in general. It addresses all people who have a dream or something that ends and leaves them in a crisis. Because essentially that is uh, one of the negative effects of the jersey. It does leave people in a crisis when they take it off. That is uh, amazing. And it's great that you can bring um, your experiences as a professional athlete and really bring them into the real world, too. Uh, it says here, forward written by Tony Dungy, um, who... Uh, he now he coached a little during the end of your tenure with the Colts. Is that correct? Actually, uh, no? seven years. I oh, was, se- okay. I was there uh, for three years when Tony got there, and I co- and I played until he was done. Okay, so great. We so Super Bowl and did the whole thing as player coach. You've got the player coach um, relationship, and now uh, that you're not a player anymore, you w- what is your relationship now with Tony? Obviously, I, I, I'm assuming it's still pretty strong since he wrote the forward for your book. It is. Tony's a great friend. You know, it was really neat. As a coach, there's nobody like Tony. Uh, we were great friends when we were, when he was coaching, and we've been great friends since. He has uh, been f- willing to endorse, stand behind everything I've wanted to do post-NFL, uh, including writing the foreword to this book. I can't thank him enough. Hunter Smith is our guest, a 12-year veteran of the NFL, now an author uh, with the book the Jersey Effect, and I'm going to assume uh, thejerseyeffect.com, or how can we look this up? Jerseyeffect.com. There you go, jerseyeffect.com. And not only is Hunter Smith uh, a former athlete and an author, but you're also uh, a rock star. <laughs> or, or, or is it country music? I'm sorry if I say, if rock's not the right no, word. No, no, yeah, yeah, country uh, rock star. You're a country rock star. Right. We, we are, uh, I am the front man for the Hunter Smith Band. The Hunter Smith Band. And again, I'm going to guess, huntersmithband.com? Uh, absolutely. You, you got it. <laughs> well, we, uh, we want to play one of these songs uh, on the show today. So uh, tell us a little bit about the track we're going to hear. We're going to play a song called Be There. Uh, Be There is a song that I wrote for parents really and I think that in our culture I've watched a lot of parents lay their families just on that altar of success and 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 that go-getter attitude thinking that more money makes you know the wheel uh, turn smoother and and makes their homes better and really what makes homes better is not more money it's more time and uh, the idea is that there are a lot of great things that happen in your life as a parent Uh, with your children, and I want to be there for those great things. Oh, that is great. Okay, this is Be There from the Hunter Smith Band. There's a thousand things that are pulling at me Planes to catch and calls in overtime People I gotta meet Places I gotta be But life is so much more Than just the bottom line Cause there's only one time When you hear that cry And you see yourself in your baby's eyes Only one first time to see that face There's only one time 
catch your breath Cause they're reaching out for that first step You know you never will forget that day So there ain't nothing gonna keep me away I'm gonna be there Hunter Smith Band off the album Green. And there's more information at huntersmithband.com. And we have Hunter Smith uh, with us right now talking about music now in the band. Now tell us, okay, NFL career, 12 years. Um, you are very, uh, um, I guess, passionate and proactive within your community and your church and your faith. And also your band. I mean, how did the band come about? We were, I was in a band while I was playing in the NFL. And we disbanded at one point, and then a portion of us came and got back together to form the Hunter Smith Band. Uh, the band before was a contemporary Christian band uh, from a genre sense, and now we are in the mainstream as a country rock band. The Hunter Smith Band, is it's, it's not limited to this, but it is a part of the Jersey Effect. They're very related because one of the things we've done in the world of athletics is we have denied people the opportunity to pursue their other dreams outside of athletics it all it has to be you know even these days you can't do more than one sport Uh, and so um as a band i'm i'm stepping out and saying look 
I've developed a musical gift beyond football. What is it beyond football? What is it beyond soccer or basketball or hockey or whatever your sport is that you are really, what is your God-given purpose beyond that? I want to influence people to do that. Incidentally, it happens to be um, through a band that is legitimate with good songs and a great sound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a legitimate. It's a real band. You travel. Yeah. You, uh, I mean, you play, and there's an uh, there's an audience. <laughs> Absolutely, people come to the shows. People actually pay us to play, and and buy the CDs. So. They cheer. I mean, what yeah. are some of the reactions you're getting uh, outside of your own backyard? Maybe coast to coast, internationally. Some of the emails you're getting about the band. Oh, sure. Well, people love it. They do, and you'd be surprised internationally how much people love country music. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, and we just we get all kinds of incredible feedback about songs, and you know, we write from personal experience biographical things funny things sad things powerful things and uh really you know music is such an international language it is able to touch people and i feel like that's what we're doing hunter smith is our guest and i got to touch on something you just said about how uh the hunter smith band now uh, a few members from a band you were in while you were on the colts how in the world, time management, how in the world are you, do you play in the NFL and have time to do a, a band? Did the coaches frown upon that? Did they think, you know, maybe you should be punting or practicing a little bit more instead of playing the guitar? Well, there was, I, I really, you know, I had plenty of time as a punter to be prepared uh, before being married. I was able to play more music. And then kids came and it got a little more sparse, the whole time thing. But when you are the punter on a team that has Peyton Manning as the uh, quarterback, <laughs> yeah, let, 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 let's be honest, how prepared do you need to be? I mean, I, <laughs> I was I was prepared. I was always ready when I stepped on the field and did my job well. But there had to be something else I was doing professionally to get out my professional energy outside of football because I'm telling you, the playing time just wasn't cutting it. Point point taken. Very well. Point point very well taken. Okay, Hunter Smith, uh, we want to thank you for coming on, and I want to invite you back on uh, anytime to be not only a, a guest but maybe a co-host, and we'll talk about um, your work with All Pro Dad. We'll talk about your book, The Jersey Effect. We'll talk about your band, Hunter Smith Band. All of it fits right into what we're talking about here on the Adam Rich Show with Social Awareness Radio. So we'd love to have you back, and we'd love to keep in touch with you. I'm sure our listeners would, too. What are some of the ways they can keep in touch with you, Twitter, Facebook, etc.? We are really going to our website, huntersmithband.com. Links shoot to everything. I'm on Twitter at Hunter Smith. Um, we've got the whole the, the whole kit and caboodle, the whole reindeer games of the Internet. It's all there, Facebook, Twitter, website. All right, so he was Hunter the Punter. Now he's Hunter the Singer. And you're rolling your eyes at me. Country rock star. (laughs) Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. And we are still on campus at Missouri Science and Technology. And I wanted a little more explanation on the uh, St. Jude charity because this is a really cool thing that the kids do here. Up All Night is the charity at Missouri S&T, and we have with us now Brandon Goad. Hi, Brandon. Hello. I want to welcome you to the show, and I want to thank you for having me on campus here at Missouri Science and Technology. Where are we? Rolla? Rolla, Missouri? Rolla, Missouri, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Rolla. Yes. (laughs) And uh, for our national listeners, where the heck is Rolla, Missouri? Uh, it's about south central Missouri. It's an hour and a half away from St. Louis, and somewhere I'm probably two to three hours away from KC, Kansas City. Kansas City. Okay, so we're back on campus at Missouri Science and Technology uh, to learn a little bit more about the uh, charity that uh, this campus does with uh, the St. Jude Children's Hospital. Um, go ahead and tell us about this. Uh, well, 
basically we started doing it last year. Uh, it's called Up Till Dawn, and the purpose of it is to provide funding for the research and awareness for cures of pediatric illnesses and cancer. And so as a campus, I mean, how'd, how'd you guys think of it? Were you sitting around one day and you weren't, you, you weren't studying and you weren't <laughs> deciding on how to play uh, beer pong and you said, hey, let's, let's help some other people? Yeah, well, basically, yeah. We used to have this event called Greek Sing, and it was a Battle of the Band-style competition for the Greek community for IFC. And we threw it every year, and it was solely IFC's responsibility. And uh, IFC took a different direction. We want to turn it into more of a positive event. And it was my, my title, my job, to make sure that that happened. And that was my direction for it. So with some help of some other people uh, in the Interfraternity Council, uh, we came up with the idea to turn it into a philanthropy event. Uh, and we sought out the charity uh, Up Till Dawn through St. Jude's. And it's, it's a great charity. They came up to meet us up actually within two weeks of deciding we wanted to do this. And they s- spoke to us about what the event entailed and everything. And basically the outline for Up Till Dawn is just, uh, you know, staying up all night to raise awareness for the cancer. And... Uh, you know, at this, whenever we found out the outline for this, well, we thought, oh, this is perfect. Perfect time for us to stick the bands in the middle, get people inter- uh, entertained and excited and give them some things to do. Uh, so that's, that's the premises behind it. Uh, but before, for the two, three months before it, the entire time, uh, you, you find sponsors for the event to stay up all night. And it's a fundraising competition for all the Greek community, and we, ex- we extended it this past year also to the, uh, the entire campus. So the entire campus got involved, and each... Each fraternity was a team, and you could form your own teams on campus between, depending on the uh, organizations you were in, and you would uh, raise as much funds as possible in a competition-style uh, format. And basically, the end of the year, uh, we have Up to Dawn, the, the, the final event, the finale, and we have our Greek scene Up to Dawn with Battle of the Bands, and uh, we pull it all together and say, this is how much money we raised, and we congratulate the winners, and it's you know all out battle basically. And when you say Greek communities, that's the uh, fraternities and sororities on campus. Yes, when you yeah. say IFC, that's the fraternity council. What is your fraternity, and what was your, I guess, uh, um, event or or band, or did you guys sing, or what was your skit, or what'd you do for the up all night event? Uh, I'm I'm a member of the Sigma Phi Epsilon fraternity, and uh, I'm involved in the interfraternity council. I'm a member for my house. And my position was the special projects chair. And that's generally what the special projects chair does every year was run Greek sing. Uh, but our, our fraternity pulled together a band, and we played two songs. Uh, trying to remember what the songs' names were. Call Me Maybe? <laughs> no, that wasn't it. <laughs> Sorry, Unfortunately. I, I couldn't resist. No, we, could, we, we didn't play that one. Uh, I don't recall the name of the song, but we played two songs. Every house played two songs. You mean like a real band, like uh, like a four piece, like you know, yeah. drum set, guitar, bass, singer. Yeah. You got yeah, you know, found style. four guys in the house to actually d- do our song. Yeah, exactly. They put it together for about a month planning it out, and then uh, in between the bands, after every two or three bands, we also had speakers come, uh, diversity speakers. So we had three speakers as well. Uh, one had her own TV show. She was a former, in- or she was an engineer out of Washington University in St. Louis, and her show was called Smash Lab. And she gave a speech on trying to figure out what you want to do and how to find herself uh, as an engineer, basically. Uh, we had another speaker uh, who was an infiltrator of the Ku Klux Klan, who was an African-American, who uh, basically sought out uh, Klansmen and uh, converted them into completely changing their beliefs. And wow. And changing them completely. And uh, wow. so that was a pretty big speaker around here. Uh, it was it stirred up a whole lot. And everybody, very, very good uh, participation from the crowd. Everybody loved him. He was also a really, really good pianist, part of a band. He was uh, friends with Chuck Berry. No so, kidding. Yeah, he was a pretty awesome guy. So his name interesting. Was, yeah, definitely. Daryl Davis was his name. 
And uh, we had a third speaker who was Jack Langel from the We Are Marshall uh, football team. Yeah. He was the football coach from We Are Marshall come and speak on, uh, you know, persevering and trying to get through things whenever everything's against you, basically. So uh, all in all, you know, the event ran all night without any problems, and we, we had a very, very good night, and we raised some really good money. That sounds fantastic. Uh, Brandon Goad is our guest. He's a uh, member of uh, the Sigma Phi Epsilon fraternity at Missouri Science and Technology. He was in charge of the Up All Night event, which benefited the St. Jude Children's Hospital Cancer Research. And uh, we want to thank you for uh, your appearance on the show. I, yeah. I would like to – what time of year is this um, event for you, Up All Night? Usually uh, we've been held, had it in the spring last year, and that's the plan is to have it spring again. Springtime? Okay. I um, – I would love, if you need uh, speakers or more involvement, I would love to do my radio show oh. from the event. If that, you, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, that definitely something I'll be contacting you on. That, that sounds like a great idea. Put that in a file cabinet for yeah. the next guy behind you that's in charge of all this, Most and definitely. we'd love to uh, help out with the awareness. For, I will be very uh, for this. involved in this next one as well. So, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Okay, fantastic. Well, before we let you go, um, how can we find out more about this event online? There's got to be a Facebook page or something. Yeah, uh, you can go to myuptildawn.org, or you can go to the St. Jude website and just click on the Up Till Dawn link, and it'll take you and tell you everything about what the uh, the charity is about. Myuptildawn.org. Correct, yes. All right, there you have it, Brandon. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciated it. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. Cancer awareness and... Philanthropy, charities, uh, two stories that uh, come to mind when you hear about this next uh, story we're going to talk about out of New Jersey. Uh, This week, a New Jersey woman was charged and arrested with phony cancer appeals for aid. She claimed to have stage four bladder cancer and was preparing to die, and she accepted donations to help her cause and help her uh, illness and her cancer. Um, with breast cancer awareness next month, with all the cancer awareness happening, with all of the philanthropy and uh, charity movements contacting you, wanting help, uh, it's just a great reminder, the story out of New Jersey with a scam gone wrong for this 40-year-old woman who is facing serious charges of fraud and robbery and theft. These are theft charges. I mean, you can't say you have cancer except money for it and uh, and then say it was a miracle that you were cured. Lori Stilly told friends last year that she had stage 4 bladder cancer and was preparing to die. Supporters raised more than $12,000 for her expenses. They helped prepare her meals. Her Team Lori Rocks page on Facebook had more than 300 friends. Family members and others helped cover the cost for her to get married. And then uh, Stilly posted on her Facebook page there had been a miracle and hospice care was no longer imminent. And her well-wishers then grew suspicious. Uh, Recently, Stilly, the 40-year-old mother of two, was charged with theft by deception in a phony cancer fundraising scam. So again, just awareness uh, for you when you want to do the right thing, you want to help out with a great cause, just do your due diligence. Make sure it's a real cause. Make sure uh, it's going to help those who need it. That money, could, that twelve grand that she stole from her friends, could have gone to help uh, real people with real cancer, with real problems, with real health issues that needed help. 
just an awareness issue to keep in mind as we move into the breast cancer awareness season. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we wish uh, all of you the best of luck with all the awareness and all the charity that you will uh, all take part of here in the coming weeks. I'm Adam Ritz. We want to thank you for joining us on this program. You want to get in touch with us, tweet us at Adam Ritz. You can uh, email me, adam at adamritz.com. We move on now to Bloomington, Indiana. And next up, a conversation with head coach of the IU Hoosiers, Kevin Wilson, head coach of the football team in Bloomington. The Adam Ritz Show. At the Indiana University Football Complex with new head coach Kevin Wilson. Hi, coach. Hey, Adam. Now, one of the problems um, in-state schools have had here in uh, Indiana is keeping talent in-state. Now, what kind of things do you bring from Oklahoma? Uh, what, what kind of strategies are involved with keeping a kid who's in Indiana, a high school in Indiana, who, who's a fantastic football player, how do you keep him in-state and not go to college somewhere else out of state, across the borders? Uh, that is a challenge because in our region there's so many great programs around us and great teams within our conference and other leagues, but our cell number one is being the state institution, you know, the Indiana University, we want you know, the best students and the best athletes in the state to, to come to IU. We do have a phenomenal campus, great academics, uh, phenomenal campus life, social life, great college town, an upgrade of athletic facilities. I think everything's in place. We have not recently fielded the dominating strong teams you'd like to, but I think everything's in place. So we're selling a phenomenal package and a chance to embrace a part of changing a culture and building a winning football program here at IU. And then finally, real quick, while you're on campus, uh, I know you're, you're just 24-7 into football, X's and O's. Have you had a chance to get to know the, the town, the city of Bloomington, the campus? Do you have a favorite restaurant, a favorite spot to go? Um, how's life been in Bloomington outside the football complex? Well, you know, it's been good. You know, families have gotten – we got staff that came from all over getting families relocated. Uh, there's a bunch of really good places in Bloomington, and to not – to name one and not name many, uh, it would, would be, I think, insulting. But we have some phenomenal college environment restaurants and, and night spots for students and for kids and alumni. We have some traditional great restaurants. Uh, this is, again, this, this is just a great college town, a great place to raise your family. And for a student, for an athlete, a great place to come play college football. Best of luck, Coach. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thank you, Adam. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your your city, visit adamritzshow.com.